it time? This is the My New Norm podcast. And I'm your host, Barry Scott Young. In this episode, we will talk to Michael Heater, former co-worker and current friend. Do you know the difference between voluntary change and involuntary change? Well, you'll hear about that and more in this episode. Man, last time we saw each other, our lives were really different. <laughs> yes, sir. Got to see each other every day at work. Uh, had hundreds of clients. And here today, through my stroke, I'm learning how to maneuver through that. And you're learning how to adjust to life. Let's get into a little bit of your background, where you're raised and all that kind of stuff. Where were you raised? Uh, yeah, you bet. I grew up in Southern Oregon, Grant's okay. Path, Little River Town. <laughs> Had tons of family. Uh, my grandparents had four boys and they all raised their families there. So growing up was aunts and uncles and cousins. Mm. Absolutely loved it. Wow. And then you ended up in San Diego the time I met you, right? Yeah. So I uh, met my wife uh, a couple hours north where I grew up in Eugene at college. And then okay. we spent a little bit of time. Uh, well, she wasn't my wife at the time I met her. Um, okay, good. Yeah, to clarify, but that's <laughs> good. <laughs> uh, we met working with the high school youth group up there at a church we were going to, and got married and lived a, for a little bit in Portland, uh, where her family's from, and then moved down to North County, San Diego, to okay. uh, take that job. Awesome, big. So change. that that would have been what two thousand seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. I remember the lobby when we were all <laughs> waiting to go in. That's really the first time I met you. I thought you were playing for a CPA position in that dark brown school. <laughs> no, I, I wasn't. I I love who you are. You have such a a presence. You make people feel comfortable. You can tell how caring you are. I've always enjoyed that about you. How has your life changed in the last five years? Wow. Yeah. Um, A lot of stuff. Yeah. It's crazy to look at the snapshot of what life was at the beginning of 2017 mm -hmm. and a snapshot of what life looks like today. Yeah. A um, couple vocation changes, you know, having a kid buying a house, you know, just uh, a, a dozen major life things that make it look totally different. How have you maneuvered through those changes and the unexpected things that came your way? Uh, with great clunkiness. None of them. <laughs> the, move, the, the easiest of those changes was um, leaving Portland for San Diego. And that's simply because, you know, I'd always thought that it would be fun to work for that company and North County, San Diego is not a hard sell. Right. 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 If the, uh, if the right. headquarters were in like, you know, somewhere cold and 
you know, dark and <laughs> rainy and cloudy, that might've been tough, but that's right. really easy. Cause I was, I was just so stinking excited for it. Um, but every other change has been, has been cumbersome. It's, it's the making sausage, you know, it's, it's mm-hmm. none of the other changes have been pretty and I probably could have handled them all a little bit better. Well, you probably noticed we had better burritos and tacos <laughs> in San Diego. Yeah. Certainly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Well, I have to say, you've got a unique dog. Would you tell us a little bit about him or her? (laughs) Sure. Uh, Let's go with her. (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) I don't know if she's that unique. She's a She's an English bulldog. She was uh, the pick of the litter for this, this, you know, well-bred litter mm-hmm. where in the genes, you know, there was some, some best in breed and, and some, some high quality competition dogs. Um, wow. which, other than watching the movie best in show, that's just not my world. <laughs> um, <laughs> the deal was that uh, she was going to live with us, but that when there were local shows or, or bigger shows that um, the owner was going to take her and show her. And that when she turned two or three, they were going to breed her. And then about a, oh, wow. a week and a half after we got her, we found out she was deaf. Oh, my. And so it, it, she went from being a, a dog that would live with us to our, our pet. Um, <laughs> her name is Agnes, which matters more for us than her. Um, she's never heard it. <laughs> Sorry. But, uh, at the time, <laughs> at the time, uh, when we found out she was deaf, the the owner that had given her to us said, well, do you want another one? And my wife and I looked at each other. I was like, we are the world's worst people if we, you know, give this <laughs> That's right. five pound marshmallow back and say, no, uh, a different one, please. You know, this one. Oh, one. my. She's a, <laughs> she's a ham. She's a character. Um, yeah. I she- noticed uh, when I was at your house, uh, when we had that amazing brisket uh, that you smoked, I remember your dog chasing after shadows. Absolutely. You will not find a shadow in our backyard because she's. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be gone for we'll be gone for two or three weeks and we'll come back and the shadows are back and (laughs) they've had nobody to to keep them at bay she was just chasing shadows i guess that's part of it huh yeah very visually stimulated um yeah (laughs) that's in part of her not being able to hear she's she's very visually aware oh man well you got to tell us about your family Absolutely. So my wife, Alicia, uh, yeah, we met working with the high school youth group up in Eugene, yeah. Oregon, married 2013 in September. Okay. And we just had our first kid in January. His name is mm. Charlie. Mm. And uh, man, if he can throw a fastball, I'm going to start calling him Chuck. Um, <laughs> figure with a name like Chuck Heater, you don't have to be the best. You just have to be oh, good enough. That's and, awesome. you know, from there, you're just <laughs> What have you noticed in your son? Any any personality traits or special skills or Yeah, it's coming out more and more. He's been he's been a pretty happy uh baby from the start. You know, he still does all the things a baby does, but um in general he's he's pretty happy. He seems to like uh interacting with people and um mm. uh I think I think my wife has done a just a tremendous job taking care of him, just instilling some some joy. Yeah. Uh, so he's he's been a lot of fun. Uh 
We might as well go there. What are you and your wife doing together there with business? Yeah, we started a paper goods company in 2014. Um, okay. My wife had this this dream and desire to uh, design greeting cards. Mm. And it, it started off as, um, and it, it really was 99% her. And then I would weigh in on things from time to time. Um, sure. Started off as Alicia Heater Design Co., uh, doing custom design work. And we quickly learned that to make it a viable business and not just a hobby, it makes a lot of sense to design it once and sell it a bunch of times rather than design it mm. once and sell it once. Mm. Um, so quickly transitioned to designing cards and trying to sell them wholesale. And so that that grew bit by bit. Not a lot of traction in the first three years. And, you mm-hmm. know, we were working a variety of other jobs and whatnot and different seasons of focus and emphasis on it. And then um, 2000, I would say fall of 2017 started to gain a little bit of traction with that. Yeah. And got some wholesale reps and got some big accounts and uh, started to really make some headway. So in April of this year, I left my current position and... wow. Um, went, went all in with her to, to, you know, she's really, really good at climbing mountains and tackling challenges and, and trying to, trying to take us higher. Right. And I'm, I'm really well suited for making things efficient and sustainable and run smoothly. So that's kind of been our deal is that great uh, combination. Yeah. She'll take us higher and then I'll go smooth it out and make it sustainable. And whether that's delegating or automating or implementing or hiring or whatnot. So it's been a, right, right. It's been a good left-hand, right-hand kind of combo there. So you guys are working out of the house. Do you have other people that help from time to time or? Yeah. So largely we're working from the house. We just leased a, a commercial space, I don't know, quarter of a mile away. And that was, that was a big, scary change. And so we have two full-time employees that help us with fulfillment and they are rock stars and I'm, mm. I'm looking at this last year and we couldn't have done what we did without them. Wow. And so so our office is mostly for fulfillment. So ho- holding our inventory and receiving orders and receiving inventory and preparing it and then shipping it out. Um, we have a sales coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so currently we're a team of five and there's there's a couple positions we're currently trying to hire. And so it's it's been fun to kind of steadily grow and bring others, uh, get others involved and wow. create a, a really enjoyable, good uh, working environment and working opportunity for some some folks we care about. If you wanted to buy a card or a packet or a calendar, where can you go to find your product? <laughs> Are we plugging this now? Sure. Well, we Barry. Did. Yeah. <laughs> we do. Funny you should ask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm holding some right here. Um, no, we, we have <laughs> So slightly stationary.com and stationary is with an E rather than an A at the end of it. Um, but slightly stationary.com, we do a lot of direct to consumer, you know, sales, but uh, also yeah. in a lot of uh, kind of mom and pop boutique sh- stores around the country. Uh, we have products in paper source and anthropology. Barnes and Noble uh, has some of our cards. Trader Joe's has some of our cards. Mm. So we're, we're trying to get out there more and more. Nice. So really what started as a hobby for her is is now your bread and butter. Yeah. And I think the the, the goal from the beginning was to have it be her main vocation. I don't, yeah. I don't know if from the beginning we ever envisioned it being both of us. Uh-huh. Um, I think that was more of a an opportunity we considered once it 
made sense financially. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been really fun to, exp- you know, you spend so much time in the de- delayed part of delayed gratification and it's been really, really fun and satisfying to get to see a little bit of that starting to pay off. Oh, that's great. You know, you and I have had hours and hours of conversation with people from professional athletes to CEOs to moms and dads to business owners to whatever. But the theme for everyone, including me and you, is who can I talk to to help me better myself or to change in me some areas so either I can become a better person or more productive and all that coaching that you and I were part of. I'd like to lean in on that and talk about change versus same. I think all of us from time to time are in seasons of challenge of staying the same or desire change so that uh, we can kind of uh, excel and and talk about that. There's something that Jim Rome said that is stuck in my brain. He said, your life doesn't get better by chance. It gets better by change. And that has been so true. You, you don't sit around and expect change. You have to be aware of where you want to go and put a plan in place to get there. So what are some of the things that you would say to our listeners in regards to, hey, if you want to change, here's some basic things and basic places to start. Boy, that's a that's a that's a good question. That's a big question. Um, I think I, I've seen change come in a couple categories, and that is voluntary and involuntary. Mm-hmm. Um, you just went through a major involuntary change, and you know, yeah. no one ever wants to get thrown out of the raft in the middle of a rapid. And and when I look at your story and what you kind of went through, we were already in a rapid when you kind of got tossed out. Mm. And with involuntary change, there's there's a sequence to it. It's you know find the nearest rock to cling to <laughs> and there's you know before you before you worry about getting back on the boat or doing whatever it's you just got to cling to something right and so yeah and i've seen a lot of people be able to dig deeper than maybe they thought was possible in those moments of involuntary change yeah and survival kicks in and all of these all of these things that we're capable of seem to kick in the thing that i've had the hardest time with myself is voluntary change Uh, for the longest time, because I, I, you know, have this built in desire to, to want to impress and and sometimes that can serve me well, and I can have a good impact on someone else. And sometimes that can get in my way because I, 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 my equation of, of what I'm choosing to do factors in too much of what's going to be impressive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so with, with voluntary change for all, for the longest time, I only used to ask the question is this a good opportunity? Mm-hmm. And that was my flow chart. And if it was a good opportunity, I'd want to pursue it. And I would, I would right. stop my decision-making there. And then, then I learned <laughs> through books and hearing other, you know, wiser, smarter people share stuff that there's some other good questions to ask. And this might be old news for a lot of people, <laughs> but uh, it was certainly a big lesson for me. And so you know, asking the first question, is this a good opportunity? But then asking a couple others and the next question would be, is this the right opportunity or is this yeah. the right time? Good. Um, I also read a book a while back talking about how if you want to 
have success in the things you care about. If you want to grow, if you want to achieve certain things, you have to become a really good quitter. Mm. You know, there's, there's things that, that you got to quit. You know, if, if, uh, if I would have never quit my wow. first job at Dairy Queen, if I would have <laughs> been a good quitter, <laughs> you know, I, I'm, I might still be, you know, slinging burgers and whatnot. So, uh, and you have the opportunity to go into mm-hmm. high school. Is it a good opportunity? Yeah. Is it the right opportunity? Is it the right time? Probably. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you are, you know, if you have your doctorate and you are, you are well in your years and you're in your forties, fifties, sixties, and all of a sudden you have an opportunity to go to high school. It's like, mm. you know, it's still a good opportunity globally. Probably. Yes. But that would be a, that would maybe not be the best opportunity or the right time. Right. Um, and so I've, I've experienced that a lot with, there's been a lot of voluntary change in my life in the last five years. I have, I am nowhere near close to <laughs> I'm, I'm decent with training and coaching it and, and getting other people to, to help with right, that. Right. Man, when it comes to myself, I kind of suck at it. So <laughs> true story for all of us. How important is in the midst of change or a desire to change is accountability? I think it's a required ingredient. Mm, good point. It's a required ingredient because any change usually starts with either something you really, really want or something you're disgusted by. Or it's, it's, <laughs> right. It's something pulling you forward or there's something pushing you from the back. Change comes with action. You know, action, action results in consequences and, and we, we cannot have, we cannot have the end result without the action. Yeah. And, um, that, that discipline, that inspiration, whatever, whatever first inspires or spurs that change, when that source of fuel is gone, that source of fuel typically burns out before the change comes to fruition. Right. I hate my health. I'm disgusted at my health. And so I want to change. We usually don't achieve that change before that moment of motivation of, you know, trying something on at the store and you're like, oh gosh, right. Um, you right. Know, that fuel doesn't typically take us to the end result. Mm-hmm. And so for some people, it might last a day, a week, whatever. In that beginning stages, accountability is is not needed yet. Mm-hmm. But I think that is the right time to put it in place so that by the time your inspiration or disgust or whatever was that initial fuel source, by the time that wears right. out, you have, you have that thing in place of like, well, I don't really care about achieving this change anymore, but crap. So-and-so mm-hmm. is going to be you know asking me about it or, or so-and-so knows that I'm I'm going to be doing it. So, or the reunion is coming yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So it's, 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 um, I think oftentimes we're not too worried about letting ourselves down. Yeah. But I think there's value in, in disclosing to people around you, this is what I intend to do. And, um, that's another great source of fuel to kind of take you through that, that middle part that your, your motivation, inspiration has left you, but right. you're still making progress because, Hey, I'm a man of my word. I'm a woman of my word. I'm said I'm going to do this, and I don't want to honor that. I have seen an increase in guys and gals just having a weekly or monthly session, or just coming together as friends and and just asking the the big questions. Hey, how are you doing? Where do, where do you need to pick up the ball, or or whatever? Accountability is important. It doesn't have to be a professional. Most of the time, it's a friend that's going through probably the same thing. It's a good support system. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think those friends need to be willing to be bold. Yeah. But yeah, no accountability has to be, I mean, it's, it's a required, it's a required ingredient. And for some people that accountability can look different for, for myself, all I need for it to fuel me is to say, Hey, expect this of me. Yeah. And and if I know they expect it of me, that, that gives me all sorts of motivation and and fuel to go. And for some people it's like, you know, Hey, bet against me. Mm. You know, um, mm. bet against me. Let me try to prove you wrong because that's what gets them going. And so I think accountability can can show up in a few different ways, depending on maybe looking at someone and knowing yourself historically what's motivated you in the past. And is it people right. betting against you? Is it people expecting of you to to stick to your word and be dependable? And um, you know what are those what are those things historically that have really engaged motivation and. Right. and effort. Uh, A great motivator is success or achievement. And it can be small or large, but it feeds into the goal. It helps you see that, wow, I was here and now I'm here. It, it It's really a source of encouragement. Why don't you talk just a little about short range and long range goals? Sure. So, um, I think it's always good to start with the end in mind. Where do I want to be? What does it look like? Yeah. Why? And then, you know, obviously digging into what's compelling about that. Um, mm. And then just sort of reverse engineering it and say, what would be some some milestones or steps along the way? But I think you need both. I think yeah. you need what, what's, what's the big picture. And some of us gravitate towards one or the other easier. I gravitate mm-hmm. towards what do I want tomorrow and what's the next step. And then sometimes I lose sight of the end result. But I, th- I think we start with the end in mind and, and reverse engineer it and come up with some some milestones and some things along the way that are going to be a bit of a, a road sign that says, hey, you're on the right track. It's working. Right. We used to always say it was better to have a 10 day goal to achieve something quick to encourage you and then make sure you have some longer term goals to set the pace of where you're going I think that's still true, isn't it? About ten days. Yeah, and it's it's building a fire. It's you know, hey, I want to have this fire, and you throw a bunch of big logs on there, you're gonna have a hard right. time lighting it. Right. Um, so those big logs, you know, we we need the kindling, but we also need the big logs because the kindling sparks it, and gets it going, and the kindling's easier to light. Hey, I can't, I can't, mm. I can't double my salary. I can't lose 150 pounds in ten days. Those are the big logs. Right. Um, but boy, I could, I could do this. I can, mm-hmm. I can do this now. We need the kindling to get a spark. And then we need the big logs too. Once the, the kindling burns out pretty quick, right. uh, that motivation, that inspiration, that those 10 day goals. But once that, once that kindling burns out, we need those big logs. Cause those are the things that are going to burn through the night. Man, good um, point. Stay pretty hot. Good picture too. When I was in the hospital after the stroke, I knew right away I had to adjust my mindset my mindset was currently working against me because I wanted the old norm. I wanted to go back pre-stroke and I couldn't. The most, I think, motivating and helpful thing was me to adjust to my new norm. This is where I'm at. I can't go back, but I can start where I am and move forward. I tapped into that. That has been my go-to attitude every day for a year and a half. Uh, no looking back, just go forward. And I think people uh, need to adjust to 
have an awareness of where they are and really where the starting plate is. And that allows them then to uh, to go forward. Would you agree with that? 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to make known a, a resource that is available. It, it's You and I have used it in hundreds of ways. It's a basic form, but it helps you to see where you are now and where you want to be. The uh, resource is found on the website mynewnorm.life under resources. It's called the Will of Life. There's about five categories. You can put whatever you want, but there's family, uh, finance, faith, fitness, and friends. Those, those are good categories. Rating yourself where you are between one and 10, and then connecting all the dots to see how round the will is a creative shape more than a, a, a nice shape. Something as simple as that can help. Uh, what are some other things that you have used either with clients or yourself that has been a great resource for you? Yeah. And I actually wanted to, to talk about that, that uh, wheel of life thing real quick too, because <laughs> everyone knows what they suck at. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like nobody needs a resource to figure out something that that's maybe lacking a little bit of oxygen. That That's something mm-hmm. that we all intrinsically know and, and probably spend too much time thinking about or beating ourselves up on. But I right. like resource because it allows you to take a snapshot of what is life today. Those snapshots can be encouraging because then we have something to measure against. You know, hey, I, I went through this resource a month ago and here was my assessment. And then a month later or 10 days later or three months later, because oftentimes when we're making progress on that change, we can't tell it. Um, the, the CEO, uh, the founder of the company that we used to work for, used the metaphor of, you know, when you're when you're in an airplane at 40,000 feet uh, and you're looking at the ground, mm-hmm. it, can, it can look like not a lot's happening. And then, and then an airplane passes you going the other way and you go, holy smokes, we're cruising. We are, we're really moving. And so having those little snapshots, Hey, a month ago, here was the assessment. Here was the score um, can be, can be incredibly encouraging because oftentimes we won't feel that change. Mm -hmm. Um, If, if someone's trying to, you know, weight, weight and health and fitness is an easy one because there, there's so much to measure, but you know, if someone's doing it right, they're probably not, they're probably not getting a ton healthier every day. It's these tiny little incremental yeah. changes, but yeah. if they're able to go, Oh my gosh, Hey, 30 days ago, look at the score and then look at the score. Now it's like, Hey, this is, this is better than I was aware of. Cause it, you know, 40,000 feet doesn't look like the ground's moving very much. Right. Good point. So I really like that. I really like that wheel of time resource. Um, and then it also just, it kind of quantifies things and it helps give you a little bit of idea of where you want to put your focus and energy. Mm-hmm. Another thing I learned years ago is that it's not, it's there's seasons of emphasis in different, different areas to, to make progress. And we never mm-hmm. completely, we never completely shut down the others. You know, if we're focusing on our friends, we don't completely shut down fitness or finances or, or anything like that. We don't stop praying. We yeah. don't stop, you know, spiritual disciplines, but we kind of, we kind of find a nice cruising altitude in the others. And then every, every extra available resource then goes towards progress and change in that area. We want to grow. 
is not only do we suck at some things, but we are blinded to a lot of things about ourselves. I have found it helpful and very revealing to talk to my wife <laughs> if I'm brave enough and say, where do I need to focus on change? About two hours later, I have quite a list, you know, <laughs> but I I think that if you're able to talk to a friend or a mate, they're going to help you see areas that you can't. And that's important. Yeah, absolutely. It, it takes a lot of courage to ask a close friend. It has to be someone you trust. It has to be someone that you know has yeah. your back. It takes a lot of courage to say, hey, what are what are my blind spots? What rhythms or habits do you see in my... And it, like those blind spots, typically in my life, I've seen them happen more with habits that I didn't... I never intentionally set to make that a habit. It just kind of... Mm-hmm all of a sudden, hey, here's something I do every day or here's something I do regularly. And so being able to ask a friend, you know, hey, what are what are some things you might see in my life that right. Um, right. I might be blind to or hindering me or holding me back are just not healthy? I think one of the benefits of our training that we went through for me was learning about the brain, how it functions. I was amazed that the brain most of the time is not really our friend <laughs> because it's it gets lazy to where it wants to find patterns to repeat and it wants to keep us so safe that it will actually keep us from growing and exploring because it it wants to keep us right in this little safe box for yeah. me that's what i encountered when i had my stroke it wants to make sure that our outside world mirrors what we believe to be true about ourselves and the world around us. Yes, yes. But I found that when you're going from where you are to where you need to be, it requires a mindset change. Your brain has to refocus on a new target. The brain's very good about finding targets. And once it does, it will keep you there. If it's not exploring new ways to change and to grow, you're going to stay the same. Absolutely. And we saw that true in, in, in our slightly stationary business. There were, when we moved from Portland to uh, North County, San Diego, cost of living jumped up just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And found, we implemented some new ways to create revenue with the business hmm. that had always been available to us. Mm-hmm. But because there was never a need, we simply yeah. did not see them. Our our brain simply said, well, that's not relevant. So I'm going to throw yeah. that out the trash. Yeah. But it, it was it was crazy that once there was a need for that, our brain's like, well, here's this opportunity. Here's this thing that you could have been doing all along that mm-hmm. uh, maybe just wasn't a necessity until right. now. I just want our people listening to know we all can change. My concern is not the change. My concern that we we get stuck and we stay, unfortunately, much the same. So hopefully this episode will stir some things up. I, I've always said, take something like the Will of Life resource, print it out, take yourself out to coffee spend 20 minutes on this and walk away with, I'm getting excited. I want to change or I want to increase or I need to apply the things I know in these areas. And uh, some great things can happen just in a week or two or even a day. You know, we used to say, 
before the call ends with their client, we want them to think about when you hang that phone up, what are you going to do? What What's going to happen before this day is over? What do you have to do to either get started or to continue? Because it's found in the moments more than anything of what we're doing. What, uh, what takeaways would you give us in regards to the things that uh, were shared today? Good question. I, I would say act on, act on moments of inspiration to change, mm. act on those moments, you know, that, that moment's fleeting. So use that moment of time to as quickly as you can set that goal, set that target, you know, create the big log and then figure out, okay, what can I do in the next 24 hours or what can I do in the next 10 days to kind of, kind of spark it, but act on moments of inspiration. And I, I will also say that whether it's whether it's a drive, whether it's getting out of town for a couple of days, anything you can do to periodically remove yourself from your your daily rhythm yeah. and home, that has been really effective in creating space. Look at your life from further away and being able to kind of do some of this self-assessment we're talking about, like with like with the the wheel of life. And and anytime you can anytime you can break away, if it's for a couple of days, if it's just a drive, it just it creates space to look back and say, Oh my gosh, when did I start doing that every right. day? I don't want that. Or right. when did when did this happen? Right. And it just it kind of I feel like leaving your it's it's hard to dream and be inspired at home because you're you're in the middle of it and then you know the beep on the dishwasher goes off and you got to go you know, like, it's just, it's, 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 there's the home rhythms that we're in. And yeah. so it's good to get away. Not only that, but all of the built in distractions that occur in our life, just get us off, you know, from our phone to all the stuff we have to learn to quiet our world and uh, put things on mute or off so we can think. Absolutely. So, man, that's a, that's another episode right there. You know how the tech world has distracted us. You know, <laughs> one of my physical therapists, and she said, "I listened to your first episode, and I loved the questions at the end that you asked your brother, but you haven't done that since." And so, because she's probably listening, I would ask you today. You're on the road. Your wife's been gone for four days at a conference. What's your go-to meal? <laughs> oh, uh, miasador. Explain that. <laughs> it's a it's a place it's a place with food. It's a little Mexican restaurant just down the street from us, and uh, it's it's a favorite. Uh, neat. What tools or methods do you use to help set and hit your goals in your life? I use that resource of, you know, is this a good opportunity? Is it the right opportunity? Is it the right time in terms of setting goals? And I could, I could, I could send you all these questions in an email, but I start with, I start with, you know, what is, what is our version of really living? Mm. And that's, you know, are there, are there things we want to do? Are there things we want to acquire? Are there people or organizations we want to be generous of our resources to and resources being time, money, or energy? But, but what does it look like for us to really live? And then answering the question, how much does that lifestyle cost? Mm. It could be, hey, we need 60 grand of household income a year to finance and sponsor that lifestyle. It could be, hey, we need $250,000 of household income to sponsor that lifestyle. But figuring out that, that amount mm. of money 
after you've kind of quantified and figured out what is what is really living for us. Mm. And I think that's that's such a trap. I think in the U.S. Uh, particularly, but also particularly here in Southern California, it's it's never done that way. It's always what can I do to earn right. more? You know, hey, I, I was able to I was able to buy the new Toyota. Okay, now what do I have to do to be able to buy the new Mercedes? And it's just always mm-hmm. it's always more, more, more without stopping to consider yeah. what is what is really living for me. What is living the good life? What is what are the things I actually care right. about? So yeah, what is really living? How much does it cost to sponsor that lifestyle? And then the next question being, what are the best opportunities available to me to earn that money? Mm. And then just, just again, starting with the end in mind and reverse engineering it, making decisions in that sequence is somewhat simple. And when we try to, when we try to, you know, if the first question we ask is what do I need to do to make that money? That's a hard question to answer if we haven't answered the two in front of it. Uh, Awesome. So yeah, I like to start with the end in mind and and work, work my way backwards. What is a recent book or movie that you would recommend? Good question. Uh, For those self-employed out there, I would recommend the book Profit First that had a huge impact on my wife and I's business. Is that Dave? What's the author on that? Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I'm I'm blanking on it. You know, it's that uh, the guy that wrote it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He has a website. Oh, good grief! He's gonna he's gonna love how we're we're giving him this uh, recommendation here, Mike. Mike McCallum. Oh yes, yeah. Gotcha. Um, what's a movie that you'd recommend? I have to admit, I, I haven't good. seen. Good. I feel like it's been a while since I've I've um, sat down and watched a movie that had any sort of lasting impact. Maybe Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> now that Charlie yeah, episode, is probably got his eye on your computer. Yeah, episode five of um, Baby Baby Bomb was really impactful. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this has been great. I, I want you back. Uh, pick your brain some more. Michael Heater, uh, thank you f- for your willingness to share not only your story, but some of the things that help us all to grow. I'm going to give you one minute to share whatever you would like to our listeners. Sure. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday. It is very much so um, a cultural thing to do to say you always have to be grown. And if you're not grown, you know, bad things are happening. But I I think and I've seen it be good in my life for there to be seasons of growth. Mm. There's there's seasons of change and growth. And then I think it's okay for there to be seasons of contentment. Mm. Complacency is is something to watch out for. Complacency is something to avoid because mm. when we're complacent, we stop doing the things we need to sustain. Uh, but I think it's okay for there to be seasons of growth and then seasons of content. You know, an, an airplane taken off, it has to have that season of growth. It has to have that right. season of growth to get up altitude. But then when it gets up to altitude, it has to have that season of leveling mm-hmm. off. And then, you know, maybe it gets a little bumpy and they have to change altitude a little bit, but um, it's it's okay for there to be seasons of growth and then seasons of, of content and then seasons of growth and then seasons of content. Okay. You mentioned something and it sparked this thought. I was able to learn and you too, that growth isn't just a line going straight up. Normal growth it moves up, plateaus, and that's that cadence is how we grow, but we get frustrated when we plateau. It's really an opportunity to, to look and see how far we've gone. Um, but that is a normal experience of growth, plateauing. 
Yeah, if you'll let me share one more one more story in regards to that. Allison Levine shared this story. She was the first female uh, to, to to lead an expedition up oh, Everest. Yeah. And so she was sharing her story about, about making this climb and it stuck with me because, you know, they go up to base camp and acclimate and then they go up to the next camp and acclimate and then come back down and then back up and up to the next camp. And so it's, it's in climbing in, in achieving this thing in reaching the pinnacle, Mm -hmm. they spent half the time walking downhill. And if if you, and I think if, if you go into that without a game plan, Mm -hmm. you would go, wait a minute we're trying to get to the top of the mountain. We're walking downhill. This feels mm. wrong. But if you, if, but, but knowing the plan ahead of time, you go, Hey, yes, I'm walking downhill. Yes. It feels like I'm not making progress, but this is all part of the plan. This is, this is part of getting to the top is walking downhill. Oh. And that's always stuck with me because nothing discourages me more than when I feel like I'm going the wrong right. way. Wow. But you know that, Hey, that's just, that's part of it. That's, in climbing Mount Everest, you will spend some time mm-hmm. <laughs> before you reach the top. You will spend quite a bit of time walking downhill, mm-hmm. and knowing that ahead of time, it, it makes a world yeah, of difference. Yeah, and if not, you die. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, yeah. Great yeah, options. If you just, if you, <laughs> yeah, bottom, bottom to top is not um, is it's it's not a it's not a sustainable right. thing. Uh, well, I've enjoyed talking to you and seeing you today. The whole thing, the bottom line, change versus same. You and I have the power to change not only us, but what we do each day. And I appreciate your wisdom and your skills. Say hello to your family and we will talk to you again. Take care, bud. Sounds good. Thanks, Barry. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this conversation with Michael Heater. Don't forget the resource, The Will of Life. You can download it now from the website. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, this is the My New Norm podcast. And I'm still your host, Barry Scott Young. Young.